1: Please note there are some adult themes and strong language within this podcast that may not be suitable for everyone. Do you seek validation from others
2: by putting yourself out there really massively to try and keep everything happy? And then when somebody changes that dynamic and attacks you, you feel really hurt because there is that part of you that just wants to keep things nice? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Absolutely.
1: Hello and welcome to How Did We Get Here, where me, Claudia Winkelman and my brilliant friend, clinical psychologist Professor Tanya Byron, address challenges people are facing with their nearest and dearest. In each episode, we record a face-to-face session with me listening in from another studio. In the breaks and at the end, I asked Tan why she went down certain routes. This time, we meet Emma. She's 47 and has a very supportive husband and two children aged nine and seven. Emma has ongoing issues with her brother, who she says hates her. He's four years older than her and lives in America. Emma and her brother had a particularly bad falling out two years ago at Christmas, but she thinks the animosity goes much further back.
0: I, mean, I don't know if this is a funny thing to say, but I've always felt a really big jealousy from him and my mum, actually, which is very strange. My mum always used to say that she was jealous of me. I don't know why or what. Oh, well, Because you that had feed. what she
1: didn't. What you're about to hear are the key parts of a one-time, unscripted session with a real person. In this episode, names have been changed to protect identities. We follow up with our guests after the recording, passing on useful links and contacts, which you will also find in the programme notes of this episode. Let's meet Emma. Hello. Hello. How
0: are you? Good, thanks. Hi. Thank, Thank you
1: so much for coming in, Emma. Not at all. Thanks for having me. Excellent jumper. Um, why are you here?
0: Yeah, I just, stuff came up at Christmas, as it always does. Always. And I have some really good elephants. Uh, mum and brother. Mum's long deceased, but as a mother, obviously she's kind of, you know looming over and just went and visited her whole family in Australia at Christmas time, which was really life affirming and magical and amazing and we 've been showered in love, which was beautiful, but then my brother was there there 's just not that at all, and not that i 'm expecting that from him, but yeah, it would just be really good to take a little view on that and this sort of venomous hatred that has been throughout his entire life for me i don 't know what it is he 's so aggressive and so angry, and I know that's his thing, but I still, as a sensitive human being, I take it on. And it, he brings up a lot of stuff with my mum. They bullied me quite a lot when I was younger, and I just kind oh of... Oh, My self-esteem is knocked a lot from that. I'm really good, I meditate, but there's this big ghost and, and, and of lack of understanding.
1: I've got three kids, there is sibling rivalry, there's quite a lot of, oh, that's cos he's your favourite, if I put down some toast in front of him, rather... I mean, I'm like, guys... So lots of people will be listening, going... Well, that's sort of normal, but this used the word venomous, yeah. which was quite alarming.
0: Yeah, you know, we, I haven't seen him much. Went to America two and a half years ago, and he just went completely mad at me, and I lost. So him. you are a trigger for him. Yeah. Maybe. Oh my gracious me! And then I reacted really badly.
1: Well, I'm not surprised.
0: And it just was insane what it did to me. I mean, it was great. I then went and had some serious therapy after that to try and sort of work out. But yeah, there's this little child in me that just feels like it's really
1: triggered by it. So your question today is, how do I make peace with these two ghosts? Yes, exactly. I think that is my question, yeah.
2: So nice to meet you. So nice to meet you too, Thank you for doing this. Well, thanks for having me in. I heard you say to Claude, it's not so much you're you're wanting to understand it from your own perspective, you want some help to think about how you can feel it differently.
0: I quite like to try and understand my brother's point of view. Okay, I don't see him very often, but then we do have these family gatherings every now and then. Do you go into (sighs) them with a feeling of slight dread? I do, but this year there was going to be 22 of us, I knew it would be diluted, and it's the Aussie Rellies who I get on so well with but a couple of years ago, I mean, cornered in an intimate space and he lost it with me and I lost it completely. Can you tell me, give me a bit more detail about that event because that feels like a big event. We were staying with him. He wasn't there much, but he came up. And I I just, I love him. He's my brother, but um, we were just in the kitchen. I had an Airbnb crisis and he just turned around and out of the blue and just went, I can assure you that I do not care. And I said to my husband, who's very zen and very grounded, and I said, wasn't that? He goes, oh yes. And then that Christmas we had with my dad, and my dad was really sick with the flu, and I was trying to get my dad to bed. So admittedly, I was being quite, perhaps a little bit bossy, protective of my dad. But I was like, Dad, you're really not so well. He just turned out, will you just stop bossing everybody around? And he just went off. He just went off on a terrain. I was prepping Christmas dinner. I just wanted it to be. So, I just trying so hard, over trying as always, to make everything really nice. And you know, I just melted and just was totally inconsolable. But it's it's a build-up. You know, he never gave me the time of day. Um and he's four years old and he's a boy, so
2: you know perhaps that's pretty normal, but But it sounds quite verbally abusive. It's not that he's just annoyed with you. He does it in a way that you feel like you've been punched.
0: Yeah and he's a, you know he's meant to be a Buddhist and he's written a meditation book he teaches meditation. I mean it's just the whole, I just find him such a farce because he's got this whole anger problem, you know, and it's it's scary. My eldest didn't really understand. She was only about seven at the time and she was very confused by it. The little one was too little to really, you know. My dad, of course, is the Englishman, never intervenes. He's he's a wonderful, wonderful man, but he's very old school. He's a very liberal man for an old school guy, but
2: he's got that, you know, boarding school at five, seen and not heard. You said something a second ago I just wanted to check in with. You said, you know you know, as usual, I just wanted to make everything really nice for everybody. Mm. Is that, is that you? Yes. Is, that's part of how you see yourself in
0: life. I do, but I'm not control. I don't think I'm super controlling. I'm not OCD or I'm not like, it
2: doesn't have to be perfect. I just want everyone to be happy. Right. I'm sort of a bit of a hippie side. I suppose what I'm asking you, and I feel I can ask you questions at this level, because I know you've done a lot of therapy. Do you seek validation? Not necessarily consciously, but do you seek validation from others by... Putting yourself out there really massively to try and keep everything happy. And then when somebody changes that dynamic and attacks you, you feel really hurt because there is that part of you that just wants to keep things nice. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. No, I do need validation. I really do. So the
2: reaction of others can have a real impact on you.
0: Yes. Oh, totally.
2: So, one question I suppose would be why do you think you personalise? the reaction of others to such a degree that it can cause su- such distress.
0: I think it comes back to my childhood. So tell me the story then. What, what's the story? Mum had been left when she was a child, from the age of five to the age of eight, by her parents. They had gone off to America and she was left with her cousins and her grandma, which is why she's very, very close to them and that's who we spent Christmas with. And I think she's she'd always felt this massive rejection um, and this need to be um, appreciated
2: um which I've definitely inherited. So you've just put your hand up there as if to say, "Oh gosh. That's a bit like me then." Yeah, yeah. totally. Right. Totally need to be appreciated. And she, her mum
0: died when she was 16 and she had this massive hang-up. I don't think she had that much time with her parents and she was very hung up on the fact that she didn't get to grieve for her mother. You know, it's like a daily mantra. She
1: she carried, she, carried, her she carried loss that,
0: and she her did. abandonment. Yeah. Throughout her life. And she'd had an amazing career in New York, and then they'd gone to Africa, and I had my brother, and then they'd come back to London and lived in a small village outside of London, and she was, you know, beautiful, funny, loud Aussie, and that did not go down very well. have arrived in that village in, you know, in the 70s. Just the shock value of someone with a bit of free spirit and... um Vivaciousness, you know, and she really was, and I would say from that moment on, there was a loss i mean, there was a loss with her mum, and then there was more loss from being in this small village mm. um they got you know they got they had a terrible time property boom, they were meant to be a bit close to London, they didn't do it, so it ended up being a bit further out. My father spent twenty years with a hell commute you know people have it all the time but it was it was really quite tough I think so he wasn't around very much he wasn't around very much and she was brilliant when I was young she drove me around I did every extracurricular activity you could possibly imagine we were like you know I was constantly doing fun stuff but then there was always this just snide comments just her and my brother my brother always just you know I mean really beating me blue and when you say your brother beating you blue, so he used to beat you up? Yeah, as, as a lot of boys do, but he was 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 ruthless, you know. There was never, and was mercilessly that? teasing me. And ha, and ha, what did your mother do when that was going on? My dad was an only child. My mum was an only child. And neither, I just don't think they really knew what to do. And they
2: were like, oh, she's irritating him. And oh, kind of, that, okay, so that's the family story. You irritate your brother? Yes. Okay. And when you, you know, said earlier snide comments, were you saying... Your brother making icons, or your mother making snide comments? Well, she would, she would. They would gang together, they would group together. Oh, uh, right. And um, what do you remember?
0: Oh, uh, silly things like them. <laughs> I used to tan quite easily, so they'd sort of rub me in extra, extra, super thick cream on so I wouldn't tan. And not that I could care as a child. And laugh with they lot. I mean, yeah, was it? it was. it was. It was a lot of. It, I felt, you know, I definitely was quite tormented, but that's all
2: I knew. Right, but you felt the difference in her relationship with your brother and how she related to you. Did you did you notice that as a child?
0: I did. Yeah. What did you notice? Well, just they would always be together. There was always like the sort of little sniggering and you know teasing. I mean, my brother phoned me when I was twenty-one. He was doing one of his self-help things. I can't remember which one it was. It was uh, something he goes. I'm phoning to say that I'm really sorry for tormenting you.
2: So uh, he apologized, to
0: yeah, he did, and he actually flew me out to America to stay with him, and I went out and it was it was fun to an extent, and then that ended up it ended up really badly. It was a funny day. we got up super early in the morning it was Princess Diana had died, so we went and we'd watched that at stupid o'clock in New York um then we jumped out of an airplane together, as you do, and then we'd gone to some sort of art gallery thing that his friends did, which was all very safe and and tame and stuff up not and then we'd gone to the most crazy party that was just incredible and I I was sitting with a bunch of rasters on the sofa you know rolling up a big doobie and just laughing my head off and having a great time and I could see he was so out of place and couldn't handle it at all and he goes right I'm gonna go now and I said well I better get my suitcase so I remember following him down to get my suitcase and uh, he had a full tantrum he kicked the lamppost he threw his hands on the floor and he
2: just couldn't deal He just couldn't. So, when the dynamic is that his needs are being met or he's controlling the situation that you and he are both in, he's fine. Mm. But when the dynamic is about something about your needs or you're trying to manage the situation, dad, you need to go and have a rest, or you're in a situation where you're the one that's kind of having the fun and, and being up there and noticed. He can't deal with it. So hierarchically, he can deal with things if he feels he's above you or if you're next to him, it's because he's brought you there, like flying you out to America. But as soon as you try and elevate yourself into a different kind of position, he's just not having that. He has to be number one. Can you see that? I've always felt a really big jealousy from him and my mum,
0: actually, which is very strange. My mum always used to say that she was jealous of me. and I don't know why or what. Oh,
2: Because you had what she didn't. It's not unusual that a parent can be jealous of a child mm. having what they provide that child with. Mm. And you are the same, same gender as her, so you're the female child, so there is more likelihood that you are going to resurrect in her the kind of ghosts of, of her past. Then it comes along a little girl, as you say, at a time when things weren't working out for her, and where's she going to project that? Mm. She projects it onto you. Exactly. And your brother was just a child. Mm. And she kind of pulls him into it. They both snigger together when they're kind of humiliating you by kind of wrapping you in tonnes and tonnes of tanning lotion. Oh, you tan too easily. Come on then. Ha, ha, ha. Look at this. You can kind of see how this little thing is beginning to work itself out.
1: I want to ask you about, which I found completely striking, is her lack of anger because I felt very angry I felt sorry also for her mother because of what she went through and I imagine her brother, he's got his own story but I was angry with them for being jealous of her. I don't know whether it's fine that I'm this angry and I'm also sad that she's not angrier or should I be pleased? I think
2: she probably is angry I just don't think she can tolerate how that would feel you know it is about how do you cope with something traumatic and how do you cope with daily humiliations and snide remarks from your mother and your brother you sort of normalize it and you say well it wasn't that bad and it happens to other people and yeah well I am a bit irritating and so on and so forth because if you don't do that and you do engage with the anger, that's right. really scary. So,
1: you know, it's a way of keeping a lid on things. It sort of made excuses for it, but her mum was beautiful and a rare flower and exotic. But and I do fun. admire
2: that. I admire yeah. I admire how, how understanding she is. A lot of people just go straight to anger and don't want to understand because people say, I'm not going to understand because if I understand, then I'm condoning the behaviour. I don't think understanding something is condoning it. Fine. Um understanding something is at least making more sense of it enough to be able to see why it happened. But the next step then is to look at the impact it has had on me as the individual experiencing it, even if I was a child when I experienced it. And at that point, you would process a number of feelings, including anger, but she's not there yet. What you then get is when her brother attacks her she becomes the little girl. OK, thank
1: you for explaining that. Back to the session.
2: So you don't really realise how subtly and sometimes very overtly abusive it is until, as an adult, and then you become a mother yourself, you start to think, hold on a sec, that wasn't OK. Yeah. Why is it making you... Because you're getting tearful Well, I'm just now. thinking of...
0: There was a big thing, her father was not very well. I'd only see him every, you know, four years or so or whatever it is. You know, it's a long, long way to Australia. Occasionally he'd come over, but he had dementia and he was a pervert and he used to um, grab me and stick his tongue down my throat, get out his dick and do all things. And she knew perfectly well that it was going on and she never said a damn thing. And I find that really still to this day. I just, I can't believe it. But you know what I said to my brother when I was in America? I said, what is that about Mum and that stuff? He goes, you've got it wrong. Did you not see that time that she went in and laid into him? He goes, I've never seen Mum so angry as that time. And I was like, well, that's all very well, but no-one soothed me. No-one ever said a damn thing to me. It's all very well. I'm glad that she got angry. That's really that's soothing to me, that to know that she did give a shit, you know, and go to her father. This is, you know, wrong. I, I don't believe he was in a ment- right mental state, but I think it happened to her? I knew she was abused by a friend of her father's. And I don't know if she was raped. She was certainly abused.
2: How old are you when this was happening? This is
0: from about the age of I probably about seven. And he stayed with us for a while. Uh, we had built a little extension for him downstairs because he was disabled. So. so this is
2: it's inappropriate sexual behaviour. Seven, and
0: I think he died when I was about 11.
2: That's a traumatic experience.
0: Well, well what it has done for me, is that I, I seem to be a beacon when I was a child. It's not the, the only time. I don't feel terribly abused. I mean, I, I realised that I had a lot of interest, whether I was just on holiday with my my parents in Greece and going to the shop to buy a suite and the man trying to put his hand up my skirt. But it's just, it's funny that I've had
2: a lot of times... A vulnerable child, a child where somehow there's, there's a sense that you could be a child that could be abused, a child... This is it.
0: That's exactly it.
2: Well, this is often the case with children who have abusive relationships in childhood, you know, as in your brother and your mother. As you said earlier, you normalise those relationships. So, therefore, predators will sense those children who somehow they think might accept the behaviour that is happening. I just thought that was the way men were. Well, your grandfather had been doing it, so, yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting also what you said earlier, and you were really tearful then when you said, you know, okay." so your brother says, no, Mum did go in and she had a go at him. But your point, I think, is really important. You're glad to know that, but what you really craved was her coming and soothing you and that makes you feel so sad. It does. It does. I just can't believe she wouldn't she couldn't have done that because you know it's the child the vulnerable
0: child for her to come up and go, you know, it's not right what my dad's doing or what grandpa's doing and give me a hug. And just go, you know, that's what I find so sad in in perhaps what her baggage had for her that she wasn't then able to give to me because you know and the idea that yeah. anyone touched my little girl. girls. Oh, my God. Uh, it just doesn't even bear thinking
2: about I'm thinking about if your mother was abused by this other person and so on. If she'd had these experiences, what she was able to do when she s- knew that it had ha- happened to you, she was able to to face her father, the perpetrator, but what she wasn't able to do was to offer you the comfort that you desperately, I think to this day, still need from her. Because no one did it for her. So she doesn't know how to do it. And I can see that having a female child for your mother was extremely triggering.
0: Mm. Yeah, you're so right.
2: And your brother got pulled into that. Yeah, and I feel really sorry for my mum, really, I do. But thinking about your mum, I mean, she'd obviously had a very difficult early life, but were there any other issues that she struggled with as an adult? Yeah, I mean, she did. She'd get, you know, shit-faced. Yeah. So your mother was an alcoholic? She was, yeah.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, not until much later. She had a skiing accident and and immobile and in a small village, on the edge of a small village. So, I mean, it's probably six months she was out, you know, which is a long time for someone who's really sort of, you know, well, for anyone. She's pressing all these flowers and sending them out to people. She was just reaching out. No one was there for when she needed them. So I, mean, she they was so I got back from boarding school and they were there. There were the witches. Who were going, the witches? This this group of her, supposedly her friends from right. the village. They're all going, Your mum's gone mad. Everyone's like, and you, you sense that. And the poor lady, I really believe, and she did go completely potty and was, you know, sectioned and taken off. She went into hospital for a very long time and then got herself out, and just stopped taking her drugs, and so she ended up being sectioned again. When she came out, that was it. She'd lost her joie de vivre, and she slowly drank her way to an early grave over the space of about 15 years. How old was she when she died? 60.
2: Oh, goodness. Um, She didn't
0: want to live. She didn't want to live. You couldn't really do anything, and I was very much there,
2: and, bless my dad, was very much around then. I really have a good image of my dad. Definitely, you understand your mother's story, I feel you're very conflicted. I think on the one hand, you there's aspects of your mother you admire hugely, but there's other parts of you that feel really let down by her and and really angry and sad that she didn't nurture you as her little girl. That's exactly it, yeah. What she lacked in her childhood is what you lacked in your childhood... And for both of you, one of the results of that is needing the validation of others when you think you're trying your best and doing the best you can. And now that takes us to
1: your brother.
0: It's interesting that you th- that my brother sort of got dragged into it. I, 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 that kind of, that's quite soothing
2: for me. I feel he's a victim as much as you mm. are.
0: Yeah, well, that is quite, that's...
2: He felt like a perpetrator.
0: Yeah, just...
2: And of just... course he was in a way, but of course he was a child. Mm. So you're right, I haven't given him a chance to wear the child cap ever. OK, but hold on. I'm not sitting here going, let's now feel sorry for your brother here. Because fundamentally, he is now an adult man. He has a lifestyle that is all about forgiveness and kindness. And, And so he has responsibility for the way he treats you. He's in his late 40s, early 50s. And he's verbally abusing you with such a level of aggression that it discombobulates your entire family... And he does it so that it affects your children. That's not okay. So I am not going to let you zoom down a road of compassion for others because fundamentally, I think the thing you're the least good at is caring for yourself. I've got better for myself as time's gone on, but it took me a long time. But it's so interesting to me that as soon as I said, hold on, stop, He still shouldn't have done that to you. The most tears sprang to your eyes and are rolling down your cheeks now. So I'm curious about that. There's just no kindness there. There's no kindness. And I, I find it astonishing that people can, he can function like that. He was always the little prince, wasn't he? I mean, again, I think about your family. I'm trying to think systemically. So I'm thinking about systemic therapies where somebody is thought about as part of a unit, so relationships and family. So it's different to individual therapy when we're thinking about you, right? So if you think about the family, your father was present but absent. I'm sure he was loving and kind, but he didn't really intervene. So really it was the three of you. So your brother became the alpha male and probably your mother's kind of significant attachment. So he was elevated to an extraordinary height from a very young age can kind of understand why that makes him quite a, a selfish, perhaps quite narcissistic person. And that was validated further when your mother was able to show him that by allowing him to join her in putting you in your place and reducing you to something that was less good. Yeah. Yeah. So he has been really set up to be a narcissist, almost, hasn't he? He has, you're absolutely right. And that is, you've got it. he really is. So So how dare you complain about your Airbnb? Not interested in your needs, never have been, never will be. But that's kind of the script, right? You and your brother continue to play out the same script. So the the question is, what do you want to do about it? Because I think you've got two options. One is, you accept your brother for who he is and find a different way to deal with his behaviour towards you. And I would suggest that would be something about responding as an assertive woman rather than as a broken child. Point number two, and therapists do help people do this, is you can decide that you don't want to have a relationship with your brother anymore. There are people I've worked with and colleagues of mine have worked with where actually the job of a therapist is to enable that person to recognise that for their mental health, emotional health, psychological health and well-being, their life would be better if they ceased to have relationships with those family members. And there is a charity, it's called Stand Alone, who actually, as a charity set up to support people who are estranged or estranged themselves from their families. So I think those are are your options, and maybe we could take a break. You could consider the two options that I put to you, because I think that's pretty much where it is. Unless you and he can go into some kind of family therapy with somebody like me, I don't think it's going to change. So the only thing that can change is you. How are you feeling now? Before we take a break, I want to check. And what are you thinking?
0: Yeah, I'm feeling very. It's been a really good conversation. I'm feeling. um,
2: I'm feeling helped. It's a different perspective, isn't it? Mm.
1: Buckle up because I have nine million questions. Okay. Um, I'm ready. (laughs) You mentioned, I think, hierarchy in a family. How difficult must it have been for Emma to be brought up in a house where she was treated completely differently from her brother?
2: You know, there are times when we might look at our kids and go, oh, I really don't like you. Yeah. And we might love different bits of different kids for different reasons. And our kids will, at some stage, say, oh, you've always liked her more than me. Or this That's normal. Of course. But, yeah, I think your question is when it is as stark and obvious. But then that comes to looking at the
1: structure of of Emma's family growing up. A particularly heartbreaking moment was when her grandfather was being inappropriate with her, abusive. That's a nice way of putting it. I didn't know how else to say it. Was was abusing her. And she said, I just wanted a hug. Comfort is the most important thing. There are experiments um, done
2: where animals will forego food to be held you know so being loved being nurtured is what we primarily crave over anything anything else as humans
1: I love my siblings we comfort each other you love your sister very much I wonder if he was comforted because why has he never comforted her
2: well, I do think he's a victim of the situation as much as Emma is, and actually, I think emma's mother is a victim of her own circumstances. You know victims can become victimizers if you don't really understand what it is that you're carrying the legacy of your own abuse neglect loss bereavement i mean all the things that emma's mother experienced in her own life, plus it sounds like she had some significant mental health problems that emerged later on in life. You know you carry this emotional baggage if you like and it is triggered. We are triggered. I mean, this yes. is a normal part of the human condition. But the challenge for Emma, I think, and what I'm keen to talk to her about now, is what does she want to do? She
1: understands it. Talk to me through those options, because I've I've heard about it once, about actually sort of purposeful estrangement.
2: Unless everybody, as the adults in the family, agree that change would be helpful, which is unlikely, what choice do you have? Well, it's not working for you to continue to be the scapegoat or, or the aggressor or whatever role you find that you continue to play out in the family, even though you're all adults now and grown up. So that's not working for you because you know, your mental health is struggling, etc. And your sexuality. And it affects other relationships. hundred percent. And so there are some people where actually it is in their best interests to not have any relationship. With their family, because
1: it is so toxic. And I imagine a very difficult decision to make, but often um, empowering?
2: Yeah, I think so. You I mentioned mean,
1: a charity that help people if anybody's listening and needs stand them. Stand
2: Alone, it's called. Yeah, absolutely, but I think it's a difficult decision to make. You're right, and actually, it is like a bereavement. Yeah. Because then, in a sense, it's a loss. But I have worked with people over... 150 years I've done my job where I can understand why it was the only choice they had available to them
1: and finally just before we get Emma um, back I just want to ask you one thing you talked about her brother being a narcissist we use that word quite a lot these days oh he's a narcissist or whatever what clinically what does it mean
2: It's self-love. It's about everything comes from my needs. It comes from who. It comes from my needs, my beliefs. It's all about me. It's not. I'm not really empathizing with you. I'm not thinking about you. I'm not thinking in that moment that maybe Dad is unwell, and so I can understand why my sister wants to take him upstairs for a rest on Christmas Day. I'm thinking there she goes again, trying to dominate. It's my time with Dad. It's all about me. So I'm going to yell at her, and I'm going to get Dad on my own. So I'm not saying he is a narcissist, just to be clear. But there are narcissistic tendencies that he seems to show from what she's told me yeah. but why wouldn't he have because he was the prince he yeah. was on a pedestal his mother adored him and adored him to the extent that she validated his position by invalidating his sister in front of his eyes and giving him permission to do the
1: same thing okay back to the second half of the session where you give practical advice
2: He so you needed to get some air after our conversation. Where are you now in terms of... Yeah, I definitely know the answer. The answer is to not engage with my brother too much, but to be able to deal with him when I need to for the odd family gathering, which doesn't happen very often, but, you know. Mm. But I suppose what I notice is that when you and your brother have these moments, you both regress back to the children. Perhaps the child in you... Maybe she doesn't need to show herself in the moment with your brother. Even if your brother is struggling not to regress back to being the child he once was with you, maybe you can hold on to the assertive woman that you are now. Mm. No, I love that. You know, an empowered, assertive woman. It, it, It feels a good thing to aspire to be. In that moment, what, as an adult, do you want to say to your brother when he tears into you in such a spectacularly aggressive way Mm. what would you
0: suggest to a friend i would say you know go and seek some therapy i think it's you know he needs to be soothed
2: okay so you would tell your brother you need to go and have therapy yeah i'm not sure what kind of therapy why would you give him advice i must because i think that's probably what he but that's not going to help is it that's going to trigger him Oh, you reckon? Okay. My sense is is someone is occupying quite a narcissistic position in themselves Mm -hmm. in a moment. And I'm trying to dominate you and tell you you're bossy, you always do this, you're ruining my time with Dad, etc. And then what I'm met with is you need some therapy. Doesn't feel like it's going to diffuse anything, it doesn't feel like it's going to manage anything, and quite frankly, I don't think that's... He's not going to hear that anyway. Yeah. But the point is, if you say to your brother... I think you You need some therapy. What you're doing is you're attending to what you think he needs. And it's mm. so interesting. I just think you struggle to know how, how to articulate what you need. Mm. Okay, so let's take it down to really basic. In a playground,
0: mm.
2: when you're doing conflict resolution with children, and we're trying to teach children to articulate to each other what they don't like and how it makes them feel. And to put a boundary in, what is that child saying to the person that is being a bully to them? Just leave me alone. You're stumped. Yeah, I am a bit, actually. Okay, let me ask you a series of questions then. Why do you think he snapped at you in that moment in that way? Because he... Was having a chat with dad. He was upset with you for stepping into a moment that he felt he was having with his father? I believe so. Right. Okay. That's point number one. So that's probably why he was angry. Okay. What do you think about the way he got angry with you? Very childish. It went from white to red. He had a tantrum. So in that moment, as an adult woman, you are speaking to the child in him. So rather than the child in you responding to the child in him and becoming broken and sobbing as you did, we're now asking you to be the adult. So you're a mother of two little kids. When a child has a tantrum, I suppose there there are two parts to it, isn't there? Part number one is, I understand you're frustrated because mummy has said you can't have another story because it's time to go to sleep. Part number two is, however, it's bedtime and it's not okay for you to be screaming and thumping like this. So, mummy's going to leave now. I'll see you in the morning. So you have point number one, an explanation, an understanding. Point number two, a boundary and a consequence.
0: Yes, sorry, my life. Brilliant. point number one, easy to deal with. Point number two, totally out of my depth. Even with my parenting and everything that I do, I just kind of... Because you don't want people not to like you. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yes,
2: yeah, well, just remember you're not your daughter's friend, you are their mother, so sometimes they've got to have that from you because otherwise they'll never be able to deal with it from the rest of the world. Mm. I have put a few good, good, good things into yeah. place. You know, it, it, life is tough and shit sometimes and we've just got to kind of learn the resilience. So it's the resilience. Therefore, if we've got a two-part approach to your assertive adult woman response to your brother who in that moment has been verbally abusive to you... The first part of it is the one that you you can do in your sleep, which is explain to him you understand why he's behaving like that. So what would you say to him? I understand that you're frustrated, but Dad is... And I always do this. No, no, is. no but. No but. Dad, Dad has flu. <laughs> no, no explanation. I'm not asking you to tell him why you're doing it. Yeah. I'm asking you... Just to tell him why you know he has behaved like that. So he's yelled at you. Yes. It's like, okay, I'm sorry, I can see I've upset you. Yep, I probably invaded your space. You wanted to have a moment with Dad. Totally get it. Accept that. But don't you ever speak to me like that again. Your response is not acceptable. I will not have you speak to me in such an abusive tone and I want you to be mindful that my daughters have witnessed this and I want them now to witness their mother asserting herself in the face of unnecessary aggression. Come on, girls, let's go and make a cup of tea. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I wish I had the... Why are you crying, sweetie? Because I just feel I'm full of fear, I guess, of that side, you know? I've just... What are you afraid of, love? What would what would happen then? He might get more angry. But the point is, this whole sort of like bit of self-loathing and going, "Oh my God, I wish I'd just
0: fit in and just be like you know the normal mums." But just
2: like your mother tried to be in the village where she would never fit in, and I have this—it's been a real. There is so many bits of your mother's experience in you, Mm. isn't there?
0: Yeah, there's a really big. Fear of
2: asserting myself.
0: Yeah. Of being able to say that. What you said was brilliant, but I can't see that I would ever have the balls
2: to do it, but it makes perfect sense. Of course you can. You just need some support to find that voice. No one has ever given you that voice. But it's also that my
0: brother knows that I can be trampled. Would I be able to sustain that and,
2: you know, be the empowered, strong woman, or would I just be like... But all you have to do is say two sentences and walk away. I mean...
0: it's I'm inter- terrible with confrontation. I'm really not.
2: Of course you are because yeah. you have normalized incredibly abusive and toxic experiences from when you were a very little girl. And I think as the least favorite child, you probably did an awful lot to try and make your mother like you and and make her happy and
0: overcompensate. 100%. Which is repeated yeah. again and again in again, lots of relationships. Again absolutely.
2: But in that moment, I wouldn't think about your brother and his response to you. I'd think, how do I want to do this for my children? Because as soon as you put your children at the front of your thinking, you'd run through a... I would. A, ..a hail of bullets, wouldn't you? I would, and that that
0: actually would empower me. It's to think of them and not to think of myself in that, 100%. Actually. I would love to be able to, you know, be that person, and I can when I think of them, as you say. In
2: that moment, it is about finding a voice that your girls can also begin to learn to internalise. Mm. Because what they saw on the day was their mummy absolutely broken. That's what they're left with. Mm. And what you want them to be left with is a sense of empowerment from a young age that you never were given. You were Mm. never given that. So that is your gift to them. Mm. Yeah, so true. So true. Has this been helpful? Yeah, really, really,
0: really helpful. Thank you. that last bit was just oh really yeah yeah I feel really uh really empowered actually it was brilliant I feel like yeah I feel like I've just kind of had a grown-up pill do you know what I mean yes take one you know that's my of course that's my intuition and my primal instinct is to want to say that stuff but I don't I just go "Ah."
1: no because we all we, we take on roles and we repeat, don't we? Mm. And we all need a grown-up pill. I love that. Mm. Let's make some.
0: Yeah, let's make some.
1: When are you next seeing him? I slightly need you to see him mm. for this to happen. Probably two Christmases time. Because the next year will be the, you know, the off Christmas, if you see what I mean. But do you feel okay sitting with that, knowing that that's in your armory now? Well, I mean, I quite like to jump on a plane. And that's why going. I, I mean, I felt really bad, but I was like, I would like there. I don't, of course, I don't want any conflict, mm. but just because. I feel like you feel bold and strong. You're sitting differently.
0: Mm. I do. That last bit was just Very a powerful. gem. Very That was like the the package, you know, yes. was, was opened and we're sort of like, you know, getting it all together. But that was like the big fuck-off bow. I'm so happy with, you got a um, fuck-off bow. Yeah, with gold and, you know, the most chintzy, kitsch, whatever bow you could possibly imagine. Yeah. And it's massive. I feel really like I could just, you know... Take the bugger by the horns and say, you know, what? Well, enough is enough, and that's basically it. Enough is enough. enough is Let's enough.
1: move on. Don't Let's talk to me on. like that. Yeah. Just don't talk to me like that. Yeah. But also, how wonderful that then you'll leave us. You'll go and pick up your lovely girls from school. You yeah. said you were going mm. to do the school run, mm. and you're off mm. with this little, this nugget. But it's not little, giant, no. big, giant. All of strength. Strength. You know, the heart is always there,
0: but I've got this six pack. That's what it's she does. It's a six-pack. Yeah. That's what she does. She gives you yeah. a six-pack. You
1: are Peter Andre. Yeah.
0: Yeah. God forbid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming Thank you so much. You. You. Can we talk about Emma? She was sitting differently when I came in at the end. What is that? We, you know, we did a, a bit of work around
2: how to be assertive, which is to acknowledge why someone might be angry... I can understand you feel angry because, Mm. and then make a statement about their behaviour and how it isn't acceptable. And I think she understood that. But then I think what was clear was she was struggling with whether she could deliver that. Yes. And I think the moment for her was when I helped her think about why she would deliver that and when I suggested it was perhaps less about delivering it for herself, but more about delivering it for her daughters. The so penny her, dropped. Yeah. That's when, yeah.
1: Even if people who are listening aren't, haven't experienced what she's experienced, I think that idea of just standing up to a tormentor, whether it's a boss or a friend who always makes you feel a bit small, or a partner, I think what you've taught her is fascinating.
2: You know, we often struggle... With being assertive, because often we need to be assertive in moments of anxiety. And as we know, anxiety is the fight or flight response. We actually either become aggressive, which is fight, or we withdraw and say nothing and sort of break down and fall apart and become distraught and despairing, which is flight. That makes sense, doesn't it? Because when you're anxious, your rational brain, your prefrontal cortex, is not active. You're much more limbic, you're much more in the part of your brain which is about survival. So it does require us in a moment of anxiety and nothing makes us feel more anxious than some family historical crap that gets played out every Christmas, every birthday, every whatever. When we're anxious, we need to be able to take a breath and we almost need to be able to step back from ourselves and think, what am I dealing with here and how do I want to manage it? But I do want to make this point. In families where these things happen between siblings. The siblings themselves have got into this dynamic because they themselves are trying to cope with the toxicity and the dysfunction of the family. So I don't want her brother to be seen as the villain of the piece. No, I understand. His behaviour is unacceptable. It is not acceptable on any level for anyone to be abusive to anyone else, no. But he was also a child, so therefore if she can help herself and become the adult in the room in that moment, maybe, as a role model, not just to her daughters but
1: to her brother, she can help him. Thank you so much. I feel tired. Do you feel tired? Can we go and have a nap together? That would be nice. I've got heavy tog duvet. Follow me. Have you got chocolate? Of course I <laughs> Hello. And a little reminder to please click on the subscribe button. You'll receive free episodes the minute they're ready. And do rate comment, I mean, please be nice if you can, and tell everyone you know about us. If you're interested in taking part in future episodes of How Did We Get Here, please email parenting at com. That's parenting at something, without a G, else.com. Thank you. Next time, we meet Naomi. It's
2: fascinating to me that the parts of your personality that I think are the most impressive are the parts that you don't even notice as being valuable. I know
1: somewhere I've got it a bit wrong in my head. Like, I'm not seeing it in a way that would be most helpful for me. I'm seeing it a little bit mixed up. This podcast was made by the following lovely people at Something Else. The sound and mix engineer is Josh Gibbs. The assistant producer is Hannah Talbot. The producer is Selina Ream. And the executive producer is Chris Skinner, with additional production from Steve Ackerman. We want to thank you so much for listening.
2: also from something else. Katie Piper's Extraordinary People. Join Katie for a series of powerful and inspirational conversations with people who have triumphed over adversity.
0: With guests including Fern Cotton. And what about when you get really lazy journalism? So like people that draw just one line, they take it out of context and that's really sad
1: because It is. It is. I a I've lot, a lot of... also been on the receiving end of it so mm. so many times. Sometimes to really tragic levels for me, where I've really not felt able to cope with it. Yeah.
2: Zoe Sug and Nadia Hussein. I think the, the thing with women, firstly, is that women sometimes don't always like to see other women succeed. Mm-hmm. And I, I, th- I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. And and I think there's a lot of that, and I think that's why just it, it's really hard sometimes because it, 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 in the last four years I've changed so much. Mm. Listen now in Apple Podcasts, Spotify and all good podcast apps.